This is lightsaber instructor Zarissa, and I never listened to Order 66. Well, not until Donovan Mornfire pointed out that per raw, it wasn't a major transgression. This is Stephen Hawking, and when I'm not making astrophysics calculations, I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Alastria Crystal Eye, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast because they've stolen my boyfriend through the use of dark side mind control cookies. They even had little frosted Darth Vader heads on them. Wait, hmm. Maybe I need to find that recipe. Execute Order 66. Howdy, folks. This is Sunday, July number 6, 2008. We are running a little bit late this week, but we are here for episode 25. We've made it a quarter century. I'm GM Day. <laughs> and I am GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? Uh, that's not a quarter century. It's, a, I guess, 25 five weeks. That's, um, gosh, a, a quarter... Who knows? I, I don't know what the Latin is for week. Mm. Uh, I'll I'm find not out. sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. There's some. I'm sure there's a dude on Gleamax that'll uh, that'll point it out. Uh, oh, I'm to, sure uh, our own forum members will have us uh, corrected very quickly, and I'm I'm very glad for it. So thank you. Absolutely. But yes, this is the Order sixty six podcast, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I am uh, still a little bit slightly mildly hungover after um, Saturday's uh, July fifth barbecue and. Uh, uh, keg fest that occurred at my humble abode it was um, fun it was a lot of fun um the the cleanup today less fun i know and every time we have a party i just i turn to my wife and i'll say you know firmly steal a, a line right out of uh what is that uh apollo 13 and say uh, i don't really want to uh clean up let's sell the house yeah, yeah. Let's let's sell the house, buy a new one. Yes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we didn't. We cleaned up all day today, and uh, I am you know finally feeling the after effects. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. A good time had by all. It was fun. So, I love the bocce, dude. I'm glad you love the bocce. For those of you who have not played the glory that is bocce ball, um, you need to you need to do so when you're uh, three sheets to the wind, throwing you know small, very heavy objects towards other smaller, heavy objects um, in the open is a, uh, a a time-honored tradition among many cultures uh, across the globe, and uh, bocce ball is one of the, the, the finer ways of, of doing that. That's right. It's fun. Yes. Very fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I am yeah. sorry. I am sitting here uh, partaking of... Dude, you're chewing, man. Seriously, man. I only, got, I only got two ears. Don't ruin them, please. Baseball nut. The finest that Baskin-Robbins has to offer. It's the... Uh, I don't know. What is it? It's vanilla with like these raspberry little streaks. So when you roll it up, it looks like a baseball and it's got cashews in it. It only comes out during baseball season. So run down to Baskin Robbins today because it's great. Dude, I want that endorsement check, at least part of it that, that you just, you know, 
Baskin Robbins clearly cut you for that uh, wholehearted endorsement uh, of a non-gaming related product. Eh, Gosh, you know. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I think, I think about this. If, if, you can, if you can say that Taco Cabana sucks, you should be able to say that at least one organization is good, is decent. Yes, decent and pure and good. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of decent and pure and good, uh, we are here today to talk about, as we always talk about, the decent, pure goodness that is Star Wars Saga Edition, uh, the brand new D20 Star Wars role-playing system from Wizards of the Coast. And uh, this is 24 weeks going strong, and we're anxious to get this show on the road. We've got a lot of good stuff to be talking about. So what do you say, Dave? You think we should uh, get into it? I think so. First, why don't we say how people can contact us? Oh, I think that's a marvelous idea. If you guys would like to contact us with... Uh... I think Skype just threw a shoe. Yep, I'm sure Skype just threw a shoe. Hold on. Please stand by. Okay, how can people contact us? Uh, well, they can give us a contact uh, either through email at uh, gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com or you can give us a call and leave your I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast bumpers or any other questions for mail call or d20 docking bay you might have at 206-600-5872. Loser. L-U-S-A, the loser line. Give us a call or better yet, log on at d20radio.com slash forum, become a member of the Gamer Nation and let all of us know the deep, dark thoughts that are inside of your mind. That's right. Because Just we want to know. We want to know positive. We want to know negative. We want to know, well, we want to know everything you can possibly tell us. That's and kind of the point. It is possibly. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, a part of yeah. it. So in any event, let's get to some news. What do you say? Oh, I like it. I love it. Oh, I like that. No, we're not going there. Not yet. <laughs> oh, not that kind of role-playing game. Dark Thoughts is later <laughs> in the show. <laughs> well, announcements, man. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but just to mention it again, uh, for those of you who maybe missed the cast last week or didn't have a chance, I know some of our listeners did, to uh, to plug in, we uh, we have a new feed, do we not, Dave? We do. It's, uh, it's, it's actually hosted on Podbean. I just want to point out that was 6 minutes and 25 seconds to my first big uh. And You're getting better. Yeah, it is, I guess. But anyway... Yeah, it's on Podbean. It's hosted there. I have had a couple of people ask for technical issues because for some reason they can't hit it with their MP3 players. They've always been their off-brand MP3 players always, and they're using a third-party, or I say third-party. It's just an aggregator of some sort that I am not aware of. So iTunes people, Zune people, y'all are all fine. But, you know, if you're having problems, give me a call or... You know, send me an email, and I'll give you the the actual XML file that you can place into your favorites, and that way you can download it straight out, yeah. straight away. My wife had that problem, so it was good to talk to you. But yeah, we got a new feed, and it is awesome, so we like it. Yeah. And uh, other things that are awesome that we really like, and that you should too, if any of you guys are uh, interested in learning more about the new Dungeons & Dragons system that's out there, 4th edition D&D is out live and running, and uh, gosh, a lot of the first fully sanctioned uh, RPGA games are going on right now. We just had Origins. Um, you can learn out more about the system at our sister cast, Dave, which is... That would be Radio Free Homlet, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. D20, D20radio.com. There's a link for Radio Free Homlet on the left-hand side. It'll take you straight to their feed, or you can hit it directly at homlet.com. 
Yeah, they just got episode great. four up too. Yeah, and it was a nice long episode. They talked yeah, they a had, lot like, of live Origins. recordings from Origins. Yeah, and they had like three movie things that they were talking about. So I was totally impressed. Yeah, kudos to D- to, to DM Tim and his crew over at RFH for uh, keeping the skinny strong on fourth edition. That's right, because that's the Thank way they roll. That's the way they roll. That's the way they roll. Speaking of podcasts, it's- boys and girls. Oh yes, Watsy finally got their first one up. Yes, I'm. I'm so excited. I listen to it. It's a very long podcast. Um, Rodney gets on there and he's kind of, kind of running it, and which is just fantastic. Major kudos out to him. This is a crunchy, crunchy cast, and uh, you guys can find the first uh, official Wizards of the Coast Star Wars or RPG podcast at www.wizards.com/starwars. That's uh, right. Which is the official page for other wonderful uh, web-based goodness for the system. Yep. I remember when Rodney and I were talking quite some time ago, he he actually told us that they were going to go in a different direction just to not duplicate us and not to compete. And, you know, there obviously is no competition here whatsoever because they are catering to the, to the audience that doesn't necessarily like what we do because we kind of enjoy the lighter side. We're, we're not the most, what would you say, we're not the funniest guys in the world and it's you know, we just kind of let things flow, and it's and it's kind of it's a labor of love. We are fans; we're not the pros. So the guys that want real deep crunch, yeah, are really That's, enjoying this. I, podcast. I love it. Yeah, and I thought it was good too. It was slightly over my head because I just don't have, you know, I don't have the 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 depth of knowledge in the system. Oh man, I lost my drop. There it is again. I don't have the knowledge of the system to, I guess, to really to talk at that level. So. A lot of that was a little bit over my head, quite frankly. Not me. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, I know. I know you're. We've always said you're the brains of this particular operation. I'm just oh no, man! I, I thought the whole cast was fantastic. I mean, it was yeah. just just nonstop crunch. I know. And uh, I mean, they had I mean massively good questions. And the best part about the cast that I really loved is I felt it was really catered towards the GM because I mean they went in depth about various GM oh, scenarios, yeah. proper ways to run a game. I, I mean, literally, I I've, I've listened to it three times oh, since yeah. it came out. I thought it was phenomenal. Now, that being said, I have never GM'd a game ever in my life. I know that's going to disappoint some of our listeners because <laughs> they, they think I'm some kind of expert, but uh, I'm not. And uh, there were a lot of points there that I could take to heart if and when I run my first game, which is kind of cool. So, you know, it, it's great. I mean, I, I've seen the Gleemax, uh what would you say? Their their response has been favorable for the most part. There's there's one old boy up there that's trying to make up for his small genitalia by uh, by running us down. But beyond that, you know, it's all good. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of talk about it. I remember on our own forums, people were like, you know, oh my god, there's a competing cast. I'm like, competing? Are you uh, joking? There's no competition. There's no competition. They're wizards of the coast. All right, it's an official cast. We are not. There worthy. is no competition. This is just you know. Yeah, heck, Same. I mean, we're yes. going to have Rodney on our show again sometime soon, perhaps, we hope. So, I mean, that's, that's obvious. Once he comes on our show again, there's obvious that there's no competition. We're working together. We are fans, and it's just, yeah. you know, it's just they, a they cool kinda, kinda blew me away when I saw the post. I'm like, ooh, ooh. It's, I'm like, all right, all right, oh, come on, guys. This, this, there, there's, no, there's no competition here. Get that's hilarious. Real. Yeah. But definitely, I'm just stoked because there's a, an, a Star Wars podcast out there that I can listen to that I didn't write. 
There you go. Uh, <laughs> which is just fantastic. So, right. no, I was actually, and seriously, if, if Roddy, if you're listening, man, I, I loved the cast. I thought it was fantastic. And quite frankly, I thought the production was pretty good. Yeah, the production value was really good. Dang it, I let the drop expire again. Speaking of lack of production value. <laughs> All right, well, moving on, talking about some honest-to-goodness production value listener-generated production value, we're going to talk about some contests, contests, contests. That's right. We have um, two going right now. we got two contests going on right now, and I'm so excited. Uh, the first one is going to expire fairly quickly. Um, we have, of course, our D20 Radio logo contest. There's only one week left in this, boys and girls. All right? So get your entry in for the D20 Radio logo contest. If you guys you know, maybe missed this two casts ago or you're unaware of it, we are uh, trying to come up with, an, uh, I guess, a, a listener-generated logo or two uh, for D20 Radio. And uh, we, you know, please, you know, get your graphic design skills to use. Come up with something. You can email your submission to myself, GM Chris at d20radio.com, or GM Dave at d20radio.com, or we have a dedicated thread for this in our podcast forums. Right. Um, so please get it up there, post it. We really like to see what you have. That's right. Now, don't read anything into the fact that I took one of them and, and plastered it on the new front page of our site. Don't read <laughs> anything into that. It just happened to be formatted correctly to fit, and I simply cut and paste. That's it. That's all I did just to pop something up there. So <laughs> don't read anything into it that it's our top contender or whatever. It was just one that was out there on the form and very easy to cut and paste. We've got yeah, several. I got two emails about that from guys in the contest. Like, there's a logo up on your site. Is that the winner? I'm like, no, no. Dave was just right. That's not the, the winner. Site. I'm just, I'm just, I'm retooling the site. I needed a placeholder. I just, I didn't want it to be bare. So I just, <laughs> I plastered one on there that was the exact size that I needed. And there you and, go. That's yeah. it. We have our, we have a good half dozen on email that no one's ever seen yeah, that are exactly. good. Yeah, we've we've gotten some great ones on email that people have never even seen, and uh, they're not up on the threads yet. But we'll we'll get them posted up there when the competition ends. So uh, very cool stuff. But if you guys have your submissions, get them to us. We want them. That's right. And our second contest, uh, which we announced last week, and is going through the end of July. Um, is, of course, the Build a Threat Contest. We want you to put your gaming chops to the test and design your own threat suitable for Threats of the Galaxy, um, you know, in the same format, something that would be reasonable published in that book. Uh, the rules are on our, our forum. Uh, we have a thread for it as well, so you can go to d20radio.com forums and check that out. But the winner of the Threats Contest will receive a free copy of The Chosen One, uh, the new animated film coming out, created by one of our own listeners, Chris. Lackey, uh, which I believe Clacky himself is debuting at the San Diego Comic Con um, here in the next week or so. Uh, and you can check out the details of the film at www.thechosenonemovie.com for more info on that. Absolutely. Pretty cool. And one more announcement before we go. There will be no cast next week because uh, Punk Chris here is going to be in Mexico. I'm going to be sitting on a beach with my toes in the sand, sipping something delicious with my wife next to me, listening to beautiful music in Playa del Carmen, and thinking yeah. about not Star Wars, probably. Yeah, I can just hear you. I asked for a Mai Tai, and you brought me a pina colada. And there were salt on the glass, big grains of salt. <laughs> I take my traveler's checks to a competing resort. That's right. I'll put strict nine in the guacamole. Strict nine in the guacamole. <laughs> oh, I love that movie, dude. Good movie. Good movie. Yep. So. Speaking of more good things. More good things. I um, 
I took a walk down to uh, the post office today. It was kind of a, a nice balmy day. Oh. And I did manage to return with a postcard from our good friend, Commander Cody. Oh, well, what did this one look like? Well, here, take a look. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, for those of you, I mean, obviously you guys can't see. This is a real odd postcard. It's, it's pliable, but it's, it's made from a hard chitinous material uh, covered in sort of amber-colored loops and whirls. And the precise and uniform letters on it proclaim in the third person, The Gand are pleased at the sentient's respite on Gand. May the sentient enjoy his time here. <laughs> from across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and GM Chris, apparently, in my absence from the Galactic Core, all this quite a bit of happenings around here. It's good to be back. All the talk in the mess halls these days is how the Empire is seeking a smuggler's ship they just can't seem to find. This is probably why I find myself in the inhospitable wastes of an alien world this week. The planet Gand. I've been commissioned here to learn more about the Finesmen, a group of Gand law enforcement that can reputedly track criminals anywhere. Honestly, can't say I see the wisdom of using non-humans for such an enterprise, but Lord Vader insisted. The hardest part, though, is visiting Gand itself. We're forced to wear life support gear on the surface, as the planet's atmosphere is highly toxic to anyone but the little insect-like Gand that infest it. Now, their cities are beautiful, and their society and technology well advanced, but the Gand are simply far too strange for my taste. I've seen a few in my travels, almost always wearing breathing masks, but what's strange is that here, none of these bugs seem to have any names. I've come to understand that a name is only given to a Gand once he earns it. An honorable practice in retrospect. It's also taught me that when we meet a Gand with a name, he's probably one tough or powerful figure. <laughs> I can only hope I'll get the chance to test that assumption someday. Uh, hopefully, we can gather the intel we need and get off this bloody planet. The Finesmen don't seem too interested in helping us, but have mentioned one of their ranks who left the Gand a long time ago after earning his name. Zucks. Hopefully this will be enough to appease Lord Vader and get my company out of here. Visiting Gand might be an interesting trip, guys, but if you go, remember to bring your breath mask. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Nice. Have you been to Gan, Dave? Uh, no, Dave has not. But Dave was impressed by the postcard. Was Dave? I understand that Dave. Uh, Dave was very, uh, yeah, impressed by the postcard. Chris was also impressed by the postcard. Um, I, I will say it's rather beautiful. And Cody, um, I uh, thank you for sending it to us. And uh, you know, hey man, sorry you got stuck on uh, on Gand, but uh, it sounds like you made the best of it. You know, doing your duty for the Empire like a good servant of uh, you know the Emperor should. And you know, very very proud of you, man. This one's going up right here on the wall. If I can find a way to get attacked through it, <laughs> Dave's proud of you too. Ah oh, yes. <laughs> well, what do you say we move to some real mail, Dave? All right. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Oh yeah. Mail call, goodness. Left, right, left. Well, dude, I got an email, um, gosh, today uh, from a fellow named Keith who discovered our podcast after listening to Watsy's. Did they and, mention uh, our? I didn't. I didn't hear a mention of our podcast in their podcast. Did they? No, no. But simply, he he was just intrigued by it and did a search and discovered us. Ah, yeah. I don't think they can mention our podcast, Dave. I don't think they can either. But. <laughs> 
I, I really don't think they can. I know. Um, I'm pretty sure Lucas probably goes over the script with a fine tooth comb. And I'm really jealous of their production value, but I guess if I had Lucas in 12 weeks, I'd probably be able to do pretty good. Yeah, I'm amazed they got out what they did. I mean, considering all the crap that they're putting out recently. Right. But, uh, you know, the system is so amazing, and, and especially now that 4th edition's been released. I mean, apparently with the culmination of that, we're seeing so much coming out. And so uh, with a lot of it, you know, guys like Keith got drawn to it. And, you know, he talked to me for a while about just what he loved about the system and how amazing it was. But he also had a question for us. Okay. And he, he and this was in his email. He said, okay. On one of your recent episodes, you guys did a segment about character creation with a PC from your campaign. She was making a Jedi character. I thought you mentioned something about wanting a high reflex defense because her character can't wear armor. So my question is, can a Jedi wear armor? At level one, I mean, a combat jumpsuit or even a padded flight suit would be nice to wear. Looking at the Jedi class description on page 38, I didn't see anything about armor restrictions. And looking at armor descriptions on pages 131 and 132, there's nothing about a Jedi not being able to wear armor. Even under the armor check penalty skills that take a penalty while wearing armor you aren't proficient with, use the force isn't one of them. And I didn't see any force powers that were restricted by armor. Now, I know that in the KOTOR games, that's exactly what would happen. Jedi wearing restricted armor wouldn't be able to use certain force powers. Contradicting this, though, in The Empire Strikes Back, Luke's in a padded flight suit. And in the Legacy era, he and a few other Jedi prefer to light combat suits. I don't know much about them, but the Imperial Knights appear to be wearing some type of combat armor as well. And also, Jaina Solo is wearing full Mandalorian Besker when she kills her brother, Darth Cadus. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, okay, well, this is a great question, Keith. A little Keith. bit late. <laughs> um, to answer it, um, dude, anyone can wear any armor per raw. Okay, rules is written. But that doesn't mean that you're proficient with it. Okay, now, to have proficiency with a type of armor, you have to have the corresponding armor proficiency feat, light, medium, or heavy. These three feats are detailed on page 82 of the core rule book. Now, although you can wear armor, Wearing armor with which you're not proficient gives you a minus 10 penalty on attack rolls, as well as acrobatics, climb, endurance, initiative, jump, stealth, and swim skill checks. And you're right, Use the Force is not limited by armor in Saga. Um, I think that was just kind of a constraint to the KOTOR video games exclusively. Um, now, Jedi, any class, is easily capable of taking an armor proficiency feat. I mean, in fact, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, in their stab locks, they both have light armor proficiency. They can wear it just fine without the penalties. Allowing, you know, and that's perfectly normal. The soldier class, it gives its first level characters light and medium armor proficiency for free at first level. And I quite imagine that Jaina also picked up this feat during her career. And Imperial Knights most definitely had the armor, armor proficiencies. But in our in-show example, my, my player, Kat, was building a first-level Jedi, so it would be really unlikely that she's going to waste one of her precious feats so early in her career on an armor proficiency, um, meaning she'd need decent decks to, to add to her reflex defense. That was kind of what that meant. She could decide to just wear armor she's not proficient with, but she'd take a minus 10 on attack rolls and half of her skill checks, and that just isn't worth it. So I hope that kind of answers your questions, and uh, thank you uh, for uh, enjoying the cast and uh, getting into the game, man. I, uh, I really look forward to hearing from you in the future. That's right. Hey, Jedi may be clothy at, at, at first, but gee whiz, they're not the glass cannon that your wizards and all that would be in some of these uh, MMOs. Hey, no, no, they're not. I will say, though, um, the wizard is uh, much less of a glass cannon in 4th uh, edition D&D, right. and, uh, you know, and can, even, can even wear armor if they, uh, they take the right feats for it. But I know. I love how you can have the front-line wizard. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, th- and this is all covered on, their la- on the 4th, on the uh, what they call it, the 4th Adventure. The fourth adventure of, for Radio Free Homily. Yeah. So I learned yeah, more about the wizard class this last week than I ever knew. 
Yeah, well, seriously, my um, I'm starting up a fourth edition game soon, and uh, my first character actually I've decided is going to be a wizard, and I'm going to roll. He's going to be a staff wizard uh, with um, <laughs> leather armor proficiency. Going to wear leather. So beautiful. Anyway, a diff- different game. We need to get back to our game. I've <laughs> uh, got a few more questions. Um, I had one other that I wanted to answer. I know you got a call in too, Dave. Yep. Um, but uh, the one other there was a, there was a forum post that actually came in last week from Dark Sephiroth, and I really wanted to cover it last week, but we just didn't have the time. So without further ado, um, Darth Sephiroth posted: When a character multi-classes into a class where there are multiple starting feats that the character does not have, do the rest of them become selectable as bonus feats for that class? Um, an example of this is a noble multi-classing of the Jedi and taking weapon proficiency lightsaber. When he levels up in Jedi again, is he able to select Force Sensitive as a class bonus feat, or does he have to wait for the next level-based feat? Um, this is a good question. Um, now, our expansive forum community already took a stab at this, so I'm just really reiterating their wisdom. But uh, per page 55 of the core rulebook, in the advancing a level section, the very last sentence, in addition... A multi-class character has the option to take any starting feat for that class as a bonus feat. So yes, absolutely. To put it another way, when you multi-class, even though you can only choose one starting feat from that class's starting feat list, the remaining starting feats all get added to that class's bonus feat list for you, allowing you to choose from them every other level in that class, should you so desire. Yeah, so if you're a Jedi and you, and you dip in for one level of soldier, you have yes. to choose one or the other of the armor proficiency. Yes, or well, or pistol or rifle, because Jedi aren't proficient in those either. Right. Um, but you can do that. But and, and so basically, you just chose choose one, and then subsequent levels you were to take in soldier when you'd qualify for a soldier bonus feat, you could instead of I mean, in addition to the soldier bonus feat list, you could choose another starting feat for the soldier as well. Right. So very cool. Cool. I have a question posed by Elias Windrider. Oh. And it goes something like this. Hello, this is Elias Windereiner. I have a question. Uh, if multiple members in the same party have uh, levels in the officer prestige class, and in particular they have uh, the assault tactics talent, uh, and multiple characters use this okay, uh, against the same target, would you get 1d6 that bonus damage for each character using the talent, or is it a flat 1d6, no matter how many characters use the talent? Bye. Well, that's a very, very good question. Right. As is usual from Elias. Um, okay, well, for those of you not in the know, um, if you are a member of the officer, ta- uh, officer Prestige class, and we haven't quite gotten to that one yet, um, in the Military Tactics Talent Tree, on page 221 of the core rulebook, for those reading along, uh, the Assault Tactics basically says that as a move action, if you have this talent, you designate a single target, and you make a, a Knowledge Tactics check, and if you succeed, you and all your allies that can understand you, they get a one die six points of bonus damage when they attack that target. Um, until the start of your next turn, and it's a mind-affecting effect, okay? Well, I see your confusion, man, because a lot of times this stuff doesn't stack, but in terms of raw, absolutely it would. Um, And the main reason for that is because this is an untyped bonus. It's not a force bonus, it's not a rage bonus, it's not uh, any specific type. It's just a random untyped bonus, and per raw, untyped bonuses do stack. So if you had a party of six officers and they each use this, I mean... Any one of their allies that attacked them would be getting six die six of bonus damage, and that's huge. But you know, then again, you have six officers that all you know took that talent together. That could be a devastatingly effective party. But um, yeah, as far as raw goes, there's nothing to contradict it. And uh, you know, for the cost of a talent, I think that's actually not overpowering at all. It's pretty worthwhile. Yep, not bad. Not bad at all. 
So very cool. Excellent question. Thank you, Elias. Yep. Thank you very much. Now, well, did so- you mention? Did you manage to get down to Tatooine this week? Oh yeah, I did. You know, I did. Waddle says hi, by the way. Yeah. Tell him I said. He says hi. he says you owe him money. I know I do, and I need to. Um, I need to go ahead and pay him. Just make sure that Jabba doesn't know. Well. Uh. Yeah, about that. Um. I kind of, you know, I, you know, I'm running a little short on credits. I, you know, I kind of took took a contract, you know, to kind of collect. <laughs> so um, I, I need to get with you after the show. Punkus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's check out what I got. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? (laughs) Dude, check this out, man. Look at this little thing. You know what this is? No. This is an MDS-50 sensor, And uh, this handy and useful little tool, uh, for those of you uh, younglings at home, can be found on page 36 of the recently released Threats of the Galaxy book. And for a measly 75 credits, it can keep your party from metagaming. <laughs> Ask me how, Dave. How? Well... I may know that my Ewok scout, Tebow, has only 10 hit points out of his 37, but Tebow has no concept of hit points. <laughs> and it cracks me up. I mean, we, we, you know, just our most recent game, you know, talking about, you know, we, like the, the noble was healing afterwards. It's like, you know, how much healing you need? Oh, I, I'm only eight, eight hit points down. Okay, well, I can cover that. You know, from a character perspective, your characters would have no idea. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I find that a lot of GMs, you know, are, deal with the uh, out-of-character, you know, banter. Um, which is really a, a metagame constraint, you know, to make things easier. Well, this little tool right here can help you avoid that. Um, as a swift action, by sweeping this little tenth of a kilo in weight device over a subject's body, it reads the subject's vital signs. So literally, it informs the user of the target's current hit points, its place in the condition track, and the presence, though not the specifics of, diseases, poison, or radiation exposure. This cheap little thing should automatically be a part of any party's repertoire. Um, and also note that anyone, even my little Ewok, can use it. No treat injury rolls are required, no training in the skill, nothing. Um, it's just a cool little device you can keep in a pouch, sweep over somebody, a little med scanner. They will automatically let you know how many hit points they have, where they are in the condition track, diseases, all that. And that's just almost too handy, um, <laughs> if I don't say so myself, especially yeah. considering the cost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's very, very cool. And so, I mean, you know, for, for heavy role-playing parties, Dave, you know, that, you know, like, you know, well, you, oh, what are you doing? You can't discuss hit points, you know, things like that. Yeah. This could really be a lifesaver. But for even parties that don't play that strictly, they don't have a problem with sort of out-of-character banter, this could be incredibly useful. I can see scenarios where, you know, you come across maybe an NPC that is injured or, you know, you have no idea what's wrong with them, you know, determining if someone's poisoned, you know, or suffering from radiation sickness. I think it just has way too many uses not to have considering how small and cheap it is. I would so, tend to agree, my friend. Very cool. So for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, of all the incredible amounts of goodness that is in Threats of the Galaxy, one more reason to pick up this cool book. Um, it is the MDS-50 Meta Sensor, 
and it is there for your perusal and purchase. Uh, Watto cut me a good deal. I'm sure he'll cut you one, too. Yep, speaking of cutting one, uh, never mind. I, I have no idea where I was going with that. Uh, just, a really, just a really bizarre segue. And so, anyway, well, never mind. And now, Dark Thoughts with Twi'lek Goodness. I wonder, if I was called Twilight Goodness instead of Twilight Goodness, would GM Chris still pay me to give him... This has been Dark Thoughts with Twilight Goodness. Oh my gosh. All right. <coughs> Zarissa <coughs> is never going to let her child listen to our podcast again. I know not of what you or she or any third party speaks. Me either. I will disavow all knowledge of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Moving on. Does your wife listen to this podcast, by the way? Uh, um, moving on. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, yes, she does. Uh, Je- uh, yes. Jedi Knight. Let's just go Je- into Jedi, Jedi Knight. Knight. Let's, Let's discuss it. the Jedi Knight. That's awesome. Let's discuss it. I know you want to discuss I want to discuss it. You want to discuss it? Yeah. I, we we should discuss it. Yes. <laughs> All right, younglings. Uh, this week we continue with our prestige class discussion with a brief talk about one of the most recognizable and talked about prestige classes in the book, the Jedi Knight. Uh, this is a staple of the Star Wars universe and has some amazing mechanical options available to it, allowing a Jedi Knight to master both uh, lightsaber combat and force use. Uh, many munchkins regard this prestige class to be one of the most powerful in the game. I'm not sure I agree with that, but it's pretty Felger Carb cool. Um, also, it requires a role-playing component that puts it in a different class than many other prestige class options. But uh, let's get to it. What do you say? What do you say? Prereqs. Prereqs. Let's talk prereqs. Well, Dave, what level do you think you have to be to get into this prestige class? Um, um, well, actually, you know what? This one's a little bit different. It is. Because it you have to have a base attack bonus. Ah, you are much correct, sir. You are much correct. There is no minimum level requirement for this, kind of. Um, instead, this is just like the Elite Trooper Prestige class. Uh, there is a base attack bonus requirement of plus 7. Now, this means you can enter it as early as level 8, um, if you go straight Jedi or Soldier or Jedi Soldier um, until then. So, pretty cool. Um, but if you do multi-class into anything else aside from those two, it will be at least one, maybe two levels longer before you are able to gain entrance to it. Right. So, what are the prereqs? Feats! You've got to have some feats to get into this, obviously. That you do. Uh, well, Force Sensitivity. Duh. Duh. Yeah, you know, this is the Jedi Knight Prestige class. I hope to God you're Force Sensitive. Um, uh, weapon Proficiency Lightsabers. Duh. Yeah, I, I'd hope so. Um, considering half the abilities in this Prestige class revolve around lightsaber combat, um, it is worth noting, though, that both Force Sensitivity and Weapon Proficiency Lightsabers are given for free to a first-level Jedi. So um, you really shouldn't have any problem getting these feats. We hope not. Hope not. Train skills. Dave, could you, would you believe you got to be trained and use the Force? Duh. Duh. <laughs> Since old. the other half like of this prestige record. class's abilities revolve around using the Force, yeah, yeah, guy, I'd hope so. <laughs> However, there are a couple special requirements entering this prestige class, and there's a, a couple things here to take note of. Right, you have to be a fan of Rush. 
All right, just go ahead and lay out on me then. That's fine. I'm trying to think of something to say. I I I I, I don't know. Now I will say with with the rock band goodness we had yesterday, um, we did play Tom Sawyer about three times. Oh. And I do remember belting out a very uh, drunken rendition. You know. Um, you know, no, this mine is not for rent. Uh, and, well, and you know, the, on the, the rock band version, as we go right off into the ditch again, the rock band version is not actually a Rush master recording. It's somebody faking to be Geddy Lee and somebody faking to be Neil Peart. Well, so, I can fake to be Geddy Lee. It's not that hard. I mean, just squirt some helium and get a warble to yourself. You, you, I know, You man. can do it. I know. In any event, you know, because, uh, you know, Geddy Lee, however, yes. would like to have been. And probably that was not a Jedi Knight. No, However, I'm pretty wasn't. sure he probably rolled some uh, some role playing dice in his time. I'm pretty sure um, Neil Peart is a Jedi Knight. That guy has four limbs that in that just function independently of one another, and that's why the drum the drum part on that song on Hard is impossible. So you're saying he's the General Grievous of the rock and roll world? Yeah, I think that would probably be pretty good accurate. I'm pretty accurate. Anyway, the, yes. <laughs> I diverge. So anyway, what you were about to say is that you have to have built your own lightsaber. Yes. One of the special requirements for this prestige class, you have to have built your own lightsaber. Now, that's kind of a big deal. Um, now, rules for lightsaber creation are in a sidebar on page 40 of the core cool rulebook. Okay, but bottom line, you've got to be seventh level to construct your own lightsaber. Okay, it'll also cost you a force point, 1,500 credits, and a rather stiff DC-20 use the force check. Bye. No, 10. Dude, I had um, a plus 15 use the force check at level 3. Yes, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks have that and that's fine. But, you know, by the same token, um you know, you could fail it. And if you do fail it, you know, it takes another it takes you another 24 hours to rebuild the darn thing and try again. And another force point? Uh no, you don't spend the force point until, until you succeed. It's done. Oh, okay. There you go. Which is, yes, yeah, otherwise it would be terrible. Um but your own self-built lightsaber gives you a plus 1 to all attack rolls that you make with it. Um, which alone is reason enough for any lightsaber combatant to do it. Yep. There's no reason for you not to do it. Do it. Um, and and role-playing, like building your own lightsaber, that's usually like a final testing point to become a Jedi Knight. Yep. So it makes sense that you would have to have built this before entering the class. You remember Kachuk? He was going to build a double-bladed yellow lightsaber. Yes, I do remember that. We oh, and for those of you who do want to build uh, double-bladed lightsabers, you can. Everything is the same, except you need to spend 3,000 credits instead of 1,500. Right. Very important to note. And the other special requirement um, with this class, and uh, this is kind of interesting, you must be a member of the Jedi tradition. Yep. Now, this is a bit different. Okay, for the first time in some time, we are seeing a class entry restriction that is role-playing based. Good, cool. So, you know, we, we rant and rant about the fact that, you know, we don't want these labels on the classes because they can restrict, you know, like, you know what, you can be a good and virtuous person and be a crime lord. You know, that label's not fitting, you know. You can take levels in the Jedi class without being a member of the Jedi tradition. Not so here. You want to take levels in Jedi Knight, you have to be a Jedi. I'm not talking about the class. I'm talking you have to be part of the Jedi Order. Um, and that's a big deal, okay? Uh, you must follow the traditions and the code of the Jedi, not the class, but the organization. All right, now this is all detailed on page 104 of the Core Rulebook for those who don't know what the Jedi are and what they stand for. And if that's honestly the case, I would say that it's high time that you move out from under the rock you've been living under for the past 30 years with your fingers in your ears and your eyes closed, screaming la 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 Never mind, that's like Join Join the rest of the human nation. So, those are the prereqs. And they make imminently good sense, I would think, and not too hard to do either. No no tricky paths to get there. Yep. Which 
is good. Technically, I mean, you need, I mean, one level of Jedi and then just enough levels and anything else, and you can get there. You can do what you need to do. Yep. So, very cool. Well, let's talk about the basics, Dave. Let's talk about the basics. You start off in this class with an impressive D10 hit die. Yep. Full base attack bonus. Yep. And a plus two class bonus to all three of your defenses. It doesn't stack. No, of course not. But still, very cool. So, booyah. That, that is nice. Um, and, uh, again, it's, it's Jedi and Jedi Knight. And, uh, of course, for, well, of course, when you get to the Prestige class world, the uh, four side-ups and, and, uh, and um, uh, oh, gosh, what's the... We just covered it. Uh, you know, above the four side-up. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, good gravy. Why is my brain not working today? There's a question I ask you. Did, does your brain ever have the brain fart, Dave? Yeah, that happens occasionally, but... You know, Force Disciple. That's what I said, Savant. Ah, I said Savant, it, but you know, it, it hit me. Okay, yeah. So, for, so, so, Force Disciple, Force Adept, and uh, Jedi and Jedi Knight are the only three classes to prestige classes that give you boost to all three of your defenses. That's a big deal, right? Um, there's no other special first level abilities um, that award themselves to you. I mean, aside from your first level talent, of course. Um, but that's okay because the rest of the class makes up rocks. Uh, force techniques. Okay, as far as the even level ability for this class, because most prestige classes have this even level ability you get at every even level, um, in Jedi Knight you get force techniques. Now, we've already spent a fair amount of time covering the force techniques way back in uh, episode 19, all the coolness that is therein. So go give that a listen. I'm, I'm far too distracted and brain farted <laughs> right now to repeat myself. There you go. Uh, but talents, and this is cool. Uh, this prestige class gets access to the Soldier's Armor Specialist talent tree, uh, which is detailed on page 51 of the Core Rulebook and was detailed by us way back in Episode 8. So, very interesting. Uh, Keith, buddy, yes, Jedi Knights not only can, uh, uh, you know, if you're proficient with the armor, you can actually take talents to improve your use with it. So, there you go. Yep. Um, and this, this, honestly, this talent tree is fantastic for that Jedi Knight who wants to gear up properly, um, especially during like maybe a Clone Wars era campaign or something to that effect where you, you know, you're going to be heavily knighted, you know, maybe, maybe legacy stuff when you're, when you're playing an Imperial Knight, stuff like that. Very, very cool. Um, uh, in addition, the Jedi Knight can also take talents from the Jedi's lightsaber combat talent tree, which is detailed on page 41 of the Core Rulebook and by us way back in episode two, which is cool. But the bread and butter of this prestige class are the two brand spanking new talent trees introduced with this prestige class, the duelist talent tree and the most impressive lightsaber forms talent tree. So let's talk about them. What do you want to talk about first, Dave? Let's talk about the duelist with force fornication. <laughs> That's fortification. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. I misread it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I like this talent tree. Let, let's talk about going toe to toe in combat as a major badass. That's that's kind of where this kind of leads into. And uh, the first talent, as you as you mentioned, is force fortification, for, fortification. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this talent's pretty spiffy, dude. Um, and it can save your life. Uh, but some consider it to be a bit steep of cost. How it works is you you spend a force point as a reaction, and you can negate a critical hit against you, just turning it into a regular hit. Um, that's nifty, but, I mean, since you're wielding a lightsaber anyway, in my opinion, there's just far too many better options to avoid getting hit in the first place. Like block and deflect? Yeah. 
Um, but you know, if you're if you're playing that meat wall role and you're you know you're you're coming up against you know dozens of blaster hits, you know, where people sh- you know, at, at you constantly, even even block and deflect can fail you. Yeah. So you know, it it could be handy, but it's not the first talent I would pick up. You know, I'm not going to get this class and go, "Wow, force fortification, sign me up, man, yeah." You know, it's just it, it's there when you need it. Um. Next, we have uh, in that talent tree, the duelist talent tree, uh, greater weapon focus and, the, and then greater weapon specialization, lightsabers. Um, these are two talents. They're really decent choices for a combat-focused Jedi Knight. I mean, they allow you to buff your, hopefully, already impressive attack and damage output by just that much more. But frankly, again, considering the boons of the other talents in this tree yeah. and, and others, um, these just wouldn't be my first choices. Meh. Yay. Another plus one to hit. Hmm. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. you know it's there. You know, if you got nothing else to choose, or you just want to buff yourself up further, it's cool. But again, not my first choices. The next one, however, would be yes. What is that next one? Multi attack proficiency lightsabers. Yeah. Um. Warning. Extreme badassery alert. Yeah. Uh, we we've already talked about the glory of multi attack proficiency with both the elite trooper and the gunslinger. Okay, so I'll make this brief. Reducing multiple attack penalties by two is almost too good. And you can take this multiple times. It stacks. <laughs> I mean, this can eventually completely negate any penalties for using double attack, triple attack, or wielding two lightsabers or a double saber. Why the heck not? Yep. I mean, good grief. Um, you know, we talked about this, you know, when, uh, last time we were talking about uh, the gunslinger and multi-attack proficiency pistols. If you're wielding dual sabers or, or, or a double saber, I mean, you, you know, you can take a, a dual weapon mastery one and two uh, by, you know, by eighth level, and you, st- you know, but you've still got a, uh, a minus two penalty. You can take this talent and then completely negate it, and you never even have to take dual weapon mastery three, right. which you know, they're at the earliest you can get at le- 11th level, so it puts you ahead of the curve. One. Right. Yeah. And then there's the last talent in this tree, um, which is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And if I'm correct, that's Severing Strike. Yep. This is one of the most hotly debated and discussed talents for this prestige class. I think because it relates so much to a lot of the people's actions in the movies. Probably. Um, but this is the talent that lets you slice off your son's hand when he foolishly tries to duel you over one of the many bottomless pits of Cloud <laughs> City. This is the talent that lets you teach your former apprentice who has turned to the dark side all about the necessity of fire safety. (laughs) Um, Basically, Severing Strike is the Jedi's alternative to utterly killing a foe. Um, Anytime you make an attack that deals damage equal to or greater than the foe's current hit points and is also above his damage threshold, in other words, killing him, uh, you can choose to use Severing Strike instead. You mechanically, basically, you deal half damage and hit points, you move him a step down the condition track, and you completely remove one of his limbs. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was cracking up. I was watching uh, Revenge of the Sith the other night with my wife, and uh, she, she, was, she was cracking up. We were watching it. She goes, okay, why didn't Obi-Wan just kill him? <laughs> you know, even after he took off all his limbs and he's sitting there just you know, screaming how he hates him, why didn't he just walk over and kill him? Um, Well, my dear, I replied, you're thinking like a Sith. Uh, A true Jedi would take life if they have to, but a true Jedi, which I think Obi-Wan was by far the best example of in all the films, uh, would use any other option if possible. So this is a cool talent. You know, it has a lot of impact role-playing wise. By the same token, if you want to take someone out of a fight um, and you don't want to kill them, it's a good option. 
And a lot of people will take it just for that reason. Plus, it's really freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then mechanically, I can just cut off someone's leg or their hand. Uh, you know, or their there head. you go. Yes. Pretty cool. Yes, I'll take sabers, Alex. <laughs> Is it sword? Is it sword? I'll, I'll take the rapist for 400, Alex. That's what your mother said, Trebek. That's therapist, Sean. Japanese relations. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> Too funny. Yes. Well, what is the next talent tree that we're going to be discussing that's ex- that's exclusive to this prestige class? That would be the lightsaber forms talent tree. Or really, the only reason you're truly taking the prestige class. <laughs> well, that's an astute observation. Uh, look, guys, force techniques, they're the bomb. Okay, And you're going to get them every even level. But if you're a force wizard, you're pretty much going to be better served by the force adept. The duelist talent tree... It's awesome, okay? Multi-attack proficiency. Enough said. Okay, enough said. But the exclusive lightsaber techniques passed down by the Jedi for generations that are here in this talent tree are just... Oh, excuse me. i got to go mop up my drool. <laughs> um, they're very cool, and we're going to discuss them because there are a lot of them. Um, some of them are great. Uh, some of them are broke-tastic. And a couple of them are kind of... Meh. Meh. So let's talk about them. What's first on the list, Dave? Ataru. Ataru. I love it. Most of these sound like anime characters. I they love do, it. I know. <laughs> I'm expecting Ataru. The, yeah. Um, the hallmark of a player who plans their character out for 20 levels before the first session. <laughs> Ataru is the goal of the Jedi with weapon finesse. Uh, the guy who puts all his points into decks and keeps his strength at an 8. Um, with Ataru in your repertoire, you, you basically you add your dex bonus to damage instead of your strength bonus. And even double your dex if you're wielding it two-handed. It's kind of that, you know, finesse over power philosophy, basically. This is almost too good for certain builds. I've seen it. Um, and it, and uh, to be frank, it can seriously cut down on the mad aspect of the Jedi, you know, that mutual attribute dependency. Yeah. Um, and it can allow strength to virtually become a dump stat for a Jedi. After 7th level, that is. Yeah, I mean, you gotta wait till 8th level, absolutely. But, you know, if you're playing a high-level game and building from scratch, this could be a really good way to go. Um, and again, this is one of those things. I have seen characters wait and wait and play it out. And I'm like, dude, you have an 18 dex and, a, and, and an 8 strength. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, so, you know, you're not doing any damage, you know. It's like just your basic 2 die 8 yeah, yeah. And then they hit, you know, Jedi Knight, and bam, they're an instant badass. So, you know, it, it's there. And it can be uh, used and abused, um, but it can also represent a really cool fighting style. I, I kind of like the whole, you know, finesse over brute strength kind of thing. I know that's kind of the antithesis of every character you've ever made, Dave. Well, not really. I mean, I did make a <laughs> scout once. Once. <laughs> once. Yeah. Once. But, yeah, it, it's kind of odd to think of, you know, the, the finesse fighter as, as a melee combatant, but this will let you do it. Moving on, uh, the second uh, lightsaber form, uh, the talent in this tree, is Gem So. And this is neat, uh, but Dave, it, it's a bit expensive for my tastes. Um, basically, it, it gives you a free attack of opportunity when your foe hits you, but it costs you a force point yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't use this all the time. I mean, force points don't grow on trees, but it can be a big help. However... A build that lets force points grow on trees, a la force point recovery, um, as two or three or five of your force techniques 
could make Gemso a much more palatable decision and turn you into a combat god. I mean, if you're recovering five force points at the end of an encounter, that's five of these force points you can spend on Gemso and just, right. you know, be making attacks of opportunity nonstop just because someone hits you. Right. Um, that's huge. Yeah. So it's got limited usability, but if you plan right, you can make a character build out of it. Build your characters carefully, boys and girls. Very carefully. Uh, next, I want to talk about um, Makashi and Jarkai. Um, these are two forms I want to talk about together because they go hand in hand. Uh, so let's talk about them together. Um, both of these forms, they require the selection of the often overlooked lightsaber defense talent uh, from the Jedi's lightsaber combat talent tree. Why is it overlooked? Because it's not that great. Um, it lets you spend a swift action on your own round to parry, which gives you a plus one to your reflex defense for the remainder of the round. Okay, Now, you can take it multiple times, uh, although it does max out at a plus three bonus to your reflex defense. What Makashi does is it automatically increases your defense bonus from using lightsaber defense by plus two, giving you a potential max of plus five. Okay, and that's very cool. I mean, swift action, and bam, you get a plus five to your reflex defense you know, until the beginning of your next round. That's awesome. But in my opinion, it, maybe you can disagree with me or not, Dave, I don't know. Is a plus five to your reflex defense worth spending four talents? No. Is a plus three to your reflex defense worth spending two talents? Maybe it just, it just depends on the Maybe. build, but uh, yeah. I still don't. I think I still think that's expensive. I agree. I think it's very expensive, but that's just me. Okay, that's just me. I, I mean, I've seen defensive Jedi's that just go nuts with this. They can't be hit. Okay. Now, Jarkai that lets you double the bonus you get from normal use of lightsaber defense when you're wielding two lightsabers. Um, it also has a prereq. You have to have Niman, which is another form we'll be discussing. Um, Jarkai and Makashi don't stack. Okay, Makashi is very clear that you must be wielding one lightsaber in one hand. Therefore, you couldn't you know, use Jarkai where you have to be using two lightsabers. Okay. But for the dual wielder, um, Jarkai could potentially get a plus six to reflex defense when using lightsaber defense. Is that worth five talents? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind finding out, but I, I don't know. I, that's something I'd really be hard-pressed to commit a build to. Right. Um, just to, to see if it's going to be worth it. You know, maybe if my GM allowed retraining or something to that effect, but still, that, that, that's a tough call. Right. Moving on, what's next? Juyo. Oh. Juyo? Sounds like a Jules. bad rapper. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's maybe a bad rapper, but a hell of a talent. Um, I'm mopping up more drool here. This is arguably, Dave, one of the best forms in the talent tree, and it is a jewel of this prestige class. Check this out. Once an encounter... Okay, usually like at the start of the encounter, wherever. You spend a force point as a swift action to designate a single foe within your line of sight. And for the rest of the encounter, you can re-roll the first attack roll that you make against them every round. And you keep the better result. Wow. That's, that's insane. Um, so, literally, I mean... First round, swift action. You, ha, you are my foe, ha, 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 to, to keep with the anime theme. Uh, you know, ha, you are my foe, ha, ha. And all your base. I mean, all yeah. your base are belong to us. All your base are belong to me. And <laughs> uh, literally, every attack you make against him, the, the first attack of the round, if you make like multiple attacks, but if you're only making one attack around, it's every attack you make. You can re-roll the attack roll and take the better result yeah. for the rest of the encounter. That is broke-tastic. That is disgustingly beautiful. Um, however, it ain't easy to get there. 
this form does have prereqs to it. You have to have weapon focus and weapon specialization lightsabers, as well as a base attack bonus of plus 10. So it's going to be, you know, 10th level at the earliest before you can get this. Okay. But still. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've seen more broken builds using Geo than any other. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. Yep. Very cool. What's next on the list? Niman. Niman. We talked about this earlier. It was a prerequisite uh, for Jarkai. Uh, this is an odd little form, Dave. Um, and simply, just take it, and it gives you a plus one to reflex and will defense simply by wielding a lightsaber. Focus, Grasshopper. Focus. Um, this isn't bad. Uh, but frankly, there's, there's other talents that I think carry more merit. Yeah. Like, but, you know, if you, mm-hmm? No, go ahead. Well, no, I was saying, but you know, if, if you're looking for a decent defensive talent... Um, you know, that's not going to cost you anything. Yeah. Um, either, you know, actions in a round or force points or anything. You know, it's not bad. You know, plus one to reflex defense, plus one to will. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. What's next? Shien. Shien. Okay, this is another oh my god form that's yeah. often shouted to the rafters with glee by Jedi Knights everywhere. Yeah. Shien gives you an amazing plus five bonus on your ranged attack roll when you redirect a blaster bolt with your lightsaber. So if you have, you know, deflect and redirect, obviously, you have to have deflect to have redirect. So if you have redirect and someone shoots a blaster bolt at you and you redirect it, you get a plus five bonus on that attack roll just by having this talent. Yeah. That's huge. Um, if you're a strength-based Jedi, thus you know your, your ranged attack rolls are, are lower than your normal attacks, this can be a lifesaver. But if you're a dex-based fighter, Okay, who takes pride in his weapon finesse and his Ataru. Um, this form can turn you into an unholy sniper with a mere plasma sword who, who runs into an open room filled with stormtroopers screaming, Go on! Shoot me! <laughs> and, um, yeah, this, is, this has come to a lot of good effects. Um, I mean, I remember you, you commented once. I remember one of our first games we ever played. You, you guys were all Jedi. And uh, it, it came to you very early on. You were rather upset at your lack of ranged weaponry. And right. um, you know, none of you were high enough level to have redirect. Well, not only is redirect awesome, this makes it uber awesome. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, next on the list is uh, Shicho. Um, Bless you. I like this. Yeah, I, I like this talent a lot. Um, now, Dave and I, we've preached on multiple occasions that that uh, at least you know I, I think it's better to simply not get hit than waste force points or talents or feats on reducing the damage you take when you get hit. Um, which is, I kind of made that comment earlier when we were talking about the uh, um, the, the duelist talent tree and force fortification. You know, yeah, that's great, but why not, why just not get hit in the first place? Um, which is which is kind of cool. Even a critical hit can be deflected or blocked. You know, um, as you've discovered yourself, Dave. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, it's there um, now. To that end. I mean, block and deflect, they're two must-have talents for a Jedi. They're some of the most powerful defensive mechanics in the game, and Shicho makes them work that much better. Um, now, you know, Dave, when you, we talked about this before. When you're, when you're blocking or deflecting, every subsequent block or deflect attempt you take beyond the first, it has a cumulative minus five penalty on your use the force check to do it. Right. This turns that minus five to a minus two. Way better. Way better. Much win, younglings. Much win. You combine this with Sorosu and... But, but we'll we'll get there. Um, moving on, what's next on the list? I you know what you combine this with with uh, Shen as well, dude. 
I mean, oh yeah. I mean, that's that's just simply you literally do just drop down in a in a circle of stormtroopers and say, "Shoot me!" I Shoot dare me! You. You're just you're just you're going at it nonstop. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, the the combos there are really really cool. Right. Now, um, it is correct me if though I didn't. I remember one of my first RPGA games. Um, uh, that I went to for the the brand new module of Dawn of Defiance. Um, we had a guy that was was coming up and he was talking about how he's making his build where he's going to do redirect and and he was going to and he was going to build up there and get Xian and Shicho and he's like I'm going to be I'm going to be redirecting every single shot I'm just going to be unhittable and the the GM paused and looked at him and said you know you can only redirect one shot around right <laughs> and he just kind of paused and he's like no you can deflect as many as you want but you can only redirect one and it totally punched a hole in him. I saw the poor guy deflate. It was kind of sad. Poor sail just went right into the water. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you combine Cien and Shicho, I mean, you're yeah, you're you're doing really well. That dude awesome. had his spinnaker out, and all of a sudden, well, next on the talent tree, we have what is it? Sokan. 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 Yowza. Uh, Yoda doesn't have this form, at least according to his stat block, but he damn well shoulda. Uh, so what does it do for you? First of all, you can take 10 on acrobatics checks to tumble, even when distracted or threatened. Okay, That's huge. Now, as a note, an 8th level character trained in acrobatics who takes this as his first Jedi Knight talent can now never, ever fail an acrobatics check to tumble. Ever. <laughs> Ever, ever, he could have a minus three dexterity modifier, and he still couldn't fail it just by taking ten. Okay, right. But that's not all, younglings. In addition, Sokan lets you treat each threatened or occupied square that you tumble through as only one square of movement instead of two squares, which is outlined in the acrobatics skill. You combine this little form with acrobatic strike, and there is now no limitation to you just tumbling around like a madman and getting a plus five to hit crap. Um, Yo, very useful. Um, I've seen Sokan combined with acrobatic strike, um, you know, and you have these little eight-level Jedi knights that are just poning things um, horribly and, and and cuning things as well. Yeah. If you guys are familiar with cuning, you know, it's it's Q W N I G. You know, it's Q is one more than P, so it's better. Uh, yes. So very useful. And if you pick up Sokan, definitely consider acrobatic strike. I mean, that should that should already be part of your plan. Right. Straight out. What's next? Soresu. Sorosu. Oh, boy. Uh, simply, this gem lets you re-roll failed use-the-force checks when you block or deflect. So, if you try block or deflect, regardless of your penalties or anything like that, if you fail it, eh, re-roll it. Give it another shot. <laughs> right. Again, just don't get hit. I'm telling you. I mean, this is almost broke-tastic. What else can I say? Block and deflect, I've said it again, are already two of the most powerful defensive mechanics in the game. And now they're twice as good. I mean, you know, Sorosu lets you block and deflect with so much accuracy, it's unreal. You combine that with, uh, you know, with Shien and, you know, Shicho, and you're just a, a machine. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on, we have two final talents in this tree. And uh, they're both kind of higher level stuff. Um, one of them I think is pretty good, one of them not so much. Um, and that the first one is is, is, is Trakata. And uh, 
this is a real high-level talent. It, it's a very interesting combat technique. Now, first of all, you have to have weapon focus and weapon specialization lightsabers, and you've got to have a plus 12 base attack bonus to get this, okay? But what it does is, is the concept is, it's a combat technique, Dave, where you shut off and then reignite your lightsaber blade in the middle of combat in order to catch your foe off guard, okay? In game terms, it lets you spend two swift actions to make a deception check to feint in combat. That's cool. But what do you think my issue with that is, Dave? Uh, let's see. That most of the Jedi Knights are going to be like all Jedi or Jedi and Soldier, so you yeah. can't you can't train in deception. Bingo. Um, you're not going to be very good at feinting. <laughs> bottom line. Um, you know, that's a really cool technique, but if you can't pull it off, I right. mean, you know, what's the point? Um, and honestly, man, as cool as it is, that's kind of an almost underhanded kind of thing. It has much more of a Sith feel to me. Yeah. Um, when I first read it, I was very surprised to see it in the Jedi Knight, uh, you know, prestige class. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, nonetheless. Now, the last lightsaber form, the last talent in this tree, um, Vapad, uh, this is another high-level talent. It has the same same prereqs as, as Trakata. And it does something much more valuable, in my opinion. Your lightsaber now crits on a natural 19 or a 20. Oh, yes. Now, let me be clear. You don't auto-hit on a 19 like you do on a 20. But if you do hit on the 19, it's a crit. Okay? That's pretty fracking cool, man. And when you combine it with triple crit, I mean... When you crit, I mean, at that level, when you crit, especially with triple crit, you usually dish out damage that can outright kill a high-level foe in single combat. Um, I mean, from top of the hit, from top, you know, of, of, of the hit points, you know, total all the way to the bottom at zero. Um, especially if you if you throw power attack into the mix. With this, you know, normally you'd only be critting. You only have like a five percent chance to crit. Now it's a ten percent chance. That doesn't sound like much, but statistically, that's a hell of a lot. <laughs> And you play with it. You will quickly see the difference in gameplay. It's amazing how many times you roll a 19, you know, and you're just, oh, man, if only, if only I was, you know, one higher, you, you would just be amazed. And it really will make a difference. And if you build this this particular talent, especially with some of the, the, the higher level, you know, uh, soldier abilities, um, some of the elite trooper abilities, you can dish out massive, massive, massive damage with your lightsaber. And, um, you know, if you crit, you can drop a foe almost instantly, and this lets you do that just twice as often right yep very cool so the bottom line dave in terms of the jedi knight this prestige class is able to manipulate the force very well thanks to the force techniques okay but the strength and power of this prestige class is in its talent trees which are all of them lightsaber combat focused um i mean so in terms of building a character around this concept I mean, obviously, if, if, if the prerequisites didn't give you a hint, you need to be a lightsaber combatant, bottom line. If you're a force wizard, you're going to be much more suited to going force adept, okay, and, and moving on into force disciple, um, if that's going to be your main thing. This is, is a prestige class, I mean, if you know, disagree with me or not, it, it, for, for a melee combatant, more or less, specifically one who uses a lightsaber. That's its strength, that's its goal, that's where its power lies. And that's the attitude you need to have when you're looking at your character and thinking about taking them in the direction of this particular prestige class. What on earth is that behind you? My cat. <laughs> this is Darth Kramer and uh, his, his little bell on his collar. 
Um, he's come. He's come in his black-haired goodness and is is jingling here me asking for a uh, a head scratch. Ah, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Um, Darth Kramer is actually a master of the Force. Um, in particular, mind trick. He can get me to do do just about anything. Right. Um, that he so desires. Mm. Um, pretty disturbing. Uh, I try not to piss him off. Um, but anyway, where was I? Uh, you were Combat. Talking, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the core of this prestige class lies, guys. Um, now, if you're not so much of a combat Jedi, but more of a defensive Jedi, damn, you can be near unhittable with uh, Sorsu, Shicho, Niman, Makashi. I mean, this can greatly benefit even pacifistic Jedi who use the tool of the Jedi, the lightsaber, as a defensive shield, not as a lethal weapon. Because as I've said again, block, deflect, and all these you know lightsaber forms and talents that enhance that it's one of the best defensive mechanics in the entire game. Um, in addition, severing strike can also be used to great effect to further the ideal of that, that pacifistic Jedi. Um, you know, where you're, you're forced to, to hurt someone, but you don't want to kill them. Very, very good. But again, man, the attack-focused Jedi can use this class as their playground. Multi-attack proficiency, Gemso, Shen, Juyo, Ataru, Sokan, they can all be used to make an attack Jedi that blows any other melee combatant out of the water immediately quickly um but you know also i think i think an every man jedi can benefit from both sides you know a true follower of the code knows when to strike knows when to talk knows when to defend and knows how to follow the will of the living force and every function and aspect of this prestige class from the force techniques that are its even level abilities down to the minutia of the lightsaber forms and the, and the various talent trees and the duelist talent tree that you can follow can lead you towards that path so that's right it's an excellent choice, and if you want to play Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is the way to do it. Righto. Righto. All right. So that is the Jedi Knight. If you guys feel we've missed anything, or you have any uh, other cool advice, or you think we're full of it, or disagree with us, we want to hear about it. So uh, get to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum, post your mind, become a member of the Gamer Nation, and tell me I'm full of it. I'd really like to hear it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dave's always full of it. Yeah, I am. Usually. Hate to admit it. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Dave, I'm, uh, I kind of got a bad feeling about this, but, um, you want to try giving Cody a call? Well, being that we already heard from Cody, I don't think we need to call him again. Oh. You, you meant TK. Yeah, TK. I meant TK. Excuse me. No wonder you Excuse had a bad me. feeling about it. You were talking about the wrong guy. Well, you know, it's easy to forget TK. I, I, I usually substitute people I respect, you know, in place of my bad memories of, you know, that hick hillbilly of a stormtrooper. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you, want, you want to try getting all of them? Well, all right. TK421, good buddy. Do you copy? Well, hey, how the hell y'all doing? Well... Good to hear from you on time again. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, so I'm getting better, you know. Uh, you know, I, uh, ever, ever since I, I stopped, you know, I stopped drinking before noon, man. It's really helped my concentration out a lot. I bet. Oh, yeah, man. Whew. I'll tell you what, son, I'm hot as hell right now. Why? Oh, man, we're out here. You've been out here to the, 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 the Yavin system? <laughs> yeah, I've been out there once or twice. 
I mean, look at all these moons, man. Well, this little moon right here is like the fourth moon they got, you know, from from the big old Gavin planet, you know. We're out here on some wild goose chase, man. They, they, my my RCL seems to think they're going to be some some of these old rebels out here. They got a big old base out here with these rebels, you know. I just a bunch of hooey ass me, man. But we're here tromping through these jungles, man. I got water in my boots, you know. It's all sticky in my stormtrooper armor, man. It's a pain in the butt, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, some of them wildlife out here, man. I might like to come back here maybe on a hunting trip or something, son. Look at all these monkeys, you know, crawling around in the trees, man. These, these woolamanders, man. They're, they're making these noises up in the trees like that, son. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We had a problem last night. Okay. We had a big problem, man. We struck camp, man. And I started to hear this. I was sitting in my tent. I started to hear this buzzing, right? This buzz, 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 buzz. And I look outside my tent, and there's a bug, man. I've seen some bugs in my day, but it's a bug, man. It's about as big as my hand. This big old bug with these razor sharp pinchers on it. It took try to take a big old bite out of me, man. <laughs> and then. Oh, his buddies showed up. It was wild, man. Oh. This huge swarm of these beetles, man. They just came down on us, man. They almost, they took my CO off, you know, by the, by the, by, the, by his ankles. They just dragged him off, man. We found his suit a little later, but that was all we found, man. They just ate him up. That's a swarm, dude. Oh, I don't know what it was, man, but it was scary what it was, man. It, man, they, 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 they was just flying in and just kicking the crap out of all of us. I ain't never seen nothing like it, man. But uh, we did find out that them grenades, they worked really well to send them little sons of bitches staggering. <laughs> Took out a lot of the forest canopy, too, but uh, yeah, what the hell? Not like there's anybody here, you know? Right. It's all right. Yeah. Good technique. Well, it's a good technique, son. Well, listen, I, I can't talk too long. I gotta go right, wash my armor, man. Get some of this, some of this sweat out from my under underwears. Okay. Uh, Y'all be good, man. I, I, I'll give you guys a call when I'm back on a civilized system. All right, sir. Goodbye. Right. Later, hosers. <laughs> See you, man. Bye, TK. Amazing. Bye. See, and, and just when we thought the whole swarm thing was over after you swarmed us in zero-G... More swarming is yet to be had. <laughs> and I think that will bring us to the D20, a docking, a bay. I believe it would. D20 docking bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, so, yes. Well, today's D20 Docking Bay is brought to you by Zappy, uh, one of our forum posters who actually brought this to my attention. And uh, Zappy asks, I had a question uh, regarding packs and swarms and attacks of opportunity. Can you make an area attack as an attack of opportunity? Now, the rules on pack swarms say that melee attacks become melee area attacks with splash damage, representing multiple creatures literally swarming over the target. So, how does it work with an attack of opportunity? Attack of opportunity says it's an attack against the creature or droid that provoked it, but pack swarm rules say that all melee attacks become area attacks. And area attacks target squares, you know, with reflex 10, then creatures if the attack hits. What about splash damage? I'd like to know your opinion on this. 
Thanks. Greetings from the other side. Zappy. Okay. Um, normally, I would just answer this in mail call, but I felt that your excellent question, Zappy, warranted a true look at the packs more mechanics themselves and what they mean. Also, since we reviewed not only area attacks, but also attack of opportunities in our last two past episodes of D20 Docking Bay, I felt it apropos. Yeah, very apropos. So let's talk about it and get into the meat of swarms and how they work, as well as the nuances of your question, Zappy. Okay, guys, packs and swarms. Uh, one of the other many gems uh, of Threats of the Galaxy. One more, yet again, reason to grab this book. On page 130 of Threats of the Galaxy, you can find the rules for packs and swarms. And a pack or a swarm is basically, for lack of a better term, a template that can be added to any existing creature. And it represents several of that creature in a, in a confined space acting as one entity. Okay. Now, from a GM's perspective, it is a great way to add flavor to your encounters, or better yet, to beef up low-level threats, Okay, especially in, in comparison to the party. Okay. Key features of swarms. All right, when you make a swarm, you take a base creature, you raise its CL by two, okay, usually. Uh, you increase its size by one category, and very important, apply all relevant modifiers for doing so. Uh, you know, in most cases, that's gonna increase its strength and decrease its dexterity. You're gonna double its hit points. You're gonna increase its damage threshold by 10. And here's where the big stuff is. All melee attacks of this creature that is now a swarm are now area attacks. In other words, they target every foe within reach of the swarm. All ranged attacks the swarm makes now have a have a one square splash. Okay, and that's important to your question, Zappy. And uh, the last thing of note is, of course, area attacks that are made against the pack or swarm deal plus do two dice of damage, which is why uh, you know force slam, grenades, and flamethrowers are wonderful for dealing with packs and swarms. So, from a descriptive perspective, a pack or a swarm is a is a mass of the component creatures that are as one uh, and work you know work as one and are tougher and larger than just a single one of their brethren, and they also attack as one. Now, as one creature, which the swarm or pack is, it can make attack of opportunities normally, and per the attack of opportunity rules on page 155 of the core rulebook, can do so with its melee weapons. Per the template, the melee weapons are now area attacks. So can they attack everyone in reach when they make an attack of opportunity? Well, there's the clincher. Because the attack of opportunity rules also stipulate that you can only attack a foe that has provoked an attack of opportunity. So if a swarm is surrounded by, for example, four Jedi, and one of them foolishly runs away, provoking an attack of opportunity. Would the remaining three be subject to the attack of opportunity, since it's technically an area attack? Well, you can rule this two ways, Zappy. You can rule it whereas the remaining three wouldn't be subject to the attack of opportunity, since the swarm or pack can't technically target them. Or, you could rule that the remaining three would be affected because it's an area attack that's triggered, and they happen to be in the area. I mean, to sum it up, a grenade doesn't discriminate between its targets. Okay. The rules, unfortunately, are not clear either way, Zappy, and uh, Raw supports both interpretations. Now, considering that, I look at the remaining info. Considering how I see it working, okay, a swarm lashing out against a foolish target that, that opened himself up, I don't see the swarm lashing out everywhere just at that target, okay? From a mechanical perspective, I also think that area attack of opportunities are far too powerful an ability. Um, that is, it, it is worth noting, they're not available to anything else in the game, okay? 
and they're just far too powerful for a mere plus two CL adjustment, along with all the other swarm adjustments. Eh. So that's my ruling, man. For melee area attacks and for range splash, okay, both following the same logic. I can see both sides of it, all right? But my GM philosophy is to always err on the side of the player. And again, when I look to the CL increase, to do otherwise, I think would be too powerful. So that's my basic ruling, and if you guys don't like it, tell me so. Get to the forums, sign on, email me, gmchris at d20radio.com, or gmdave at d20radio.com, or give us a call at the Lusa line, 206-600-LUSA. You betcha, boys. Woo-hoo. Oh, music's over. Time to end the show. Aw. Episode 25, worst show ever. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the show. Oh, dude, it's a it's a good show. I think people are going to like the fact that it's an hour and a half, and they're going to... They should well, react we a, with... We had a lot to talk about uh, with the Jedi Knight. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, we did. We knew it was going to be a long I, I was I was prepared for that, yeah. Yep, so it's all good. It's all good. But uh, with that, Gamer Nation, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, I look forward to thinking about you next week when I'm in Playa del Carmen. Yeah, uh, right. Sunning and uh, sitting there with my beautiful wife and uh, sure. drinking a mojito or a Mai Tai. Possibly, sure. possibly even a cold beer. Sure, you're going to be thinking about the Gamer Nation. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, with that, peace, love, and good gaming. That's right. Keep them dice a-rolling. Uh, hey. I'm Pickles Drummer, doodly-doo, and I'd do anything for Deathclaw, doodly-doo, except listen to the Order 66 podcast. They are not brutal, they are not metal. Besides, our lawyers are going to sue that emperor dude for copyright infringement. I'm sewn back together. Peter's a poser. There's that damn cat again. That's my cat. This is the tactical ground trainer, M5, uh, MR5M1TH. You can call me Mr. Smith. You know what I really hate? Podcasts like the Ponzi bastards with too much time and no supervisions over at Order 66. I'll never listen to them. Greetings. This is Jedi Master Tranin Katar from the Heroes of the Old Republic campaign. Trust your feelings. Never listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Dude, I love my cat. Don't mock him. Ah. He'll, kill you. He'll kill you with force lightning. Yeah, I bet he will. Freaking Sith. Ah, ah you know. Hey. All right, man. Well, we'll see you in two weeks, dude. Hey, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And if your cat attacks, just in case, Wookie draws his fiber wax. <laughs>